I would just think it would explain my more cool and aloof nature. Welcome to the Four Quarters Crimecast. My name is Jake. My name is Rory. And I'm your host, Katie. And today we are talking about Pazuzu Algarad. That's literally my favorite dessert from uh, Cheesecake BJ's. Oh. BJ's, right? Oh, yeah. The, the Pazuzus? Pazuzu. Yeah. Yeah, I love those things. Get that scoop of ice cream on scoop top. Scoop of ice cream. It yeah. melts over it so deliciously. Where did you do your research on this one, Katie? Um, I watched Viceland's docuseries, The Devil You Know, and just a bunch of random websites, basically, that all said the same thing over and over. Interesting. And where are we going for this one? This one is in North Carolina in the Winston-Salem area. Like Win- the cigarettes? Sure. Like the witch hunts? No. The witch trials? No, that's Salem, Massachusetts. This is uh, Winston-Salem, home of uh, cigarettes. You want to go ahead and start us off, Katie? Pazuzu Algarad was born John Lawson on August 12, 1978, in San Francisco, California. His parents, Cynthia and Timothy Lawson, decided to move to Forsyth County, North Carolina, before their divorce in 1990. Which is the year I was born. Forsyth County surrounds the city of Winston-Salem, which is most known for being the most religious city in all of North Carolina. Are there? A, North Carolina is a pretty religious area, right? It's in the Bible Belt, yeah. So the most religious city in a pretty religious spot, that's, that's saying something. That's basically like Utah. So this is basically Four Corners. Basically. Yeah, kind of. Just outside of Winston-Salem is the even more religious city of Clemens. Wait, wait, wait. I thought they were the religious city. Well, it's smaller, so I don't think they really, like, count as a huge populace. But from the Viceland docuseries, they said that, like, everyone was just incredibly Christian and religious, I guess. They described it as... Because in in everything I saw, Winston-Salem and Clemens were, like, basically the same place. They're two different cities, but they're kind of those cities like Chandler and Phoenix, how you refer to them. You refer to one, but you're talking about... The other one in the other, yeah, general area. Residents of Clemens are not just your go-to-church-every-Sunday type of religious. They are seriously devoted to their religion and believe heavily in the good versus evil, Satan is real and steals your soul through rock music type of religious bullshit. After Cynthia and Timothy's divorce, she and John continued to live in Clemens, North Carolina, before Cynthia remarried to a man named Johnny James. Johnny James? It's a good name. Better than Pazuzu. Much better than Pazuzu. Kind of sounds like a rock star name, if you were from North Carolina, I guess. Not much is really known about Pazuzu's childhood, as he would tend to make up stories depending on who he was talking to. We do know from his mother that he started showing signs of mental illness early in his life, being diagnosed with agoraphobia, schizophrenia, and psychosis. What's agoraphobia? It's a fear of crowded places, basically. So a lot of people think of it as a fear of like leaving your house, but it's more so... Out, like, basically open spaces and crowded spaces. So, like, a train station would terrify you. Hmm. Different for everyone, kind of. Cynthia was originally getting psychiatric help for her son, but once her money ran out, it stopped. Friends of Pazuzu say that his transformation from John Lawson to Pazuzu Algarad began in high school in the mid-90s. Someone put him in the oven for about uh, 350 for about 20 minutes. Out popped Pazuzu. It began with him using hard drugs, but quickly morphed into something much more sinister. Pazuzu dropped out of high school and began to completely change his personality and appearance. 
He became interested in Satanism, first following Levian Satanism. He began practicing black magic through bloodletting ceremonies and animal sacrifices, and even attempting to burn down several churches. I thought his like main religion was he worshipped a dragon named Timbledon or something like that. This is like his early life. So he started, ah. he, he first like delved into Satanism, Levian Satanism, which is where you worship yourself as God, basically. It's the thou shalt do no evil, blah, blah, blah. And then traditional Satanism is where you actually believe in Satan. And then he kind of just took a whole bunch of mishmash and created a religion that he was his. Okay. Or he thought was his. And he burned down the churches. He tried. I don't think he was ever successful. See, this is the thing about Katie. If she ever tried to burn down a church, you know she'd be successful. Katie hasn't failed at anything in life. Eventually, Levian Satanism just wasn't cutting it for Pazuzu. He truly believed in Satan himself rather than seeing yourself as God, as Levian Satanists do. Do Levian Satanists think that they're always like their God and they're fighting with Satan, like the Christians? Basically, Levian Satanists are atheists. It's the best way to describe them. It's like TST and COS, so Temple of... What do they stand for? Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple. Satanic Duh. Temple. Yeah. So they don't actually think there is a Satan? No, they don't really believe in any god at all. They just believe in viewing yourself as a god, so like respecting yourself, respecting others, so on and so forth. So the general term of Satanism here is just basically like not having Spooky, a god. scary, yeah. Anton LaVey just liked the word much. Nice. After his switch to traditional or theistic Satanism, John Lawson formed himself into Pazuzu Algorad. He legally changed his name in 2002 and set out to truly be the most frightening person you could meet. While still sacrificing animals and claiming to get a quote-unquote drug-like high from eating their hearts, Pazuzu began to get tattoos all over his body, including his face, stop showering, and put his hair into locks, and probably most terrifyingly, literally used a Dremel to file his teeth to sharp points. Aren't there nerves in your teeth? Yeah, it had to have been. I'm sure he was on like a shit ton of heroin when he did it. Or he's just that hardcore. So heroin numbs you from not being able to feel stuff like that? It's an opiate. Yeah, but they make you feel good. Right? Opiates? Are like, it's a painkiller. Like you were just... Want, want, your head is want, one. And I guess I never tried filing my teeth off while I was on an opiate, and I just assumed it would still hurt. I bet he would probably just did it to do it. People can do some weird fucked up shit. He may have been in the middle of an episode or something. We don't know. We're in a trance brought on by Satan himself. One of his most notable tattoos, in my opinion, is the word Satan in huge black letters going down his arm. I highly recommend that you guys look at pictures for the full effect but here's some for both of you to give your opinion on because he's a, just a real good-looking guy. Oh, man. He, uh, he, looks, uh, he looks like white Dennis Rodman. No. Kind of. Okay, looks... but also take into account, one, his teeth are sharp, sharpened to points, and he also hasn't showered in a year. I he mean, doesn't brush his teeth either, his pointy teeth. The locks are gross, but that's just kind of how I feel about dreadlocks. It's got to hurt to brush teeth that have been ground to a point. These are like dreadlocks, because when white people do this, they're dreadlocks. It's the only know. appropriate time to say that. I want to know what tattoo artist was fucking 
like willing to put those fucking marks on his face. And he did it himself. That would explain why it's just. Yeah, they look like prison tattoos or stick and pokes. He wasn't in prison at this point, though, was he? No. Well, no, but you can still get a shitty prison tattoo outside of prison <coughs> from a makeshift homemade gun in your mom's basement. I'm just kind of wondering what the what some of these tattoos on his face are. I know that's gonna. I think they are veils to the other side and. The tattoo on his arm, kind of sick. Go ahead, pentagram. But there's also some claims that Pazuzu began practicing Islam, and so in some of his pictures, he's wearing like a headscarf and a makeshift turban, I guess. And this was, keep in mind, 2002, right after 9-11. So this was just another way of making himself even more scary because at this point, anything that wasn't Christianity basically was just horrible and terrifying and they're all terrorists yeah there was the middle east panic of 2002 yeah so he was kind of intentionally perpetuating that stereotype so he just wanted to be scary basically yeah and i've seen some people say which i could not actually like confirm that he wanted to be like marilyn marilyn he wanted to be like charles manson and have this like cult following and attract all these women but i don't think he actually really was Attempting that, I think he just is constantly compared to Charles Manson so often that it all kind of, like, got confused somewhere in there. His new appearance obviously caused some serious pearl-clutching in small-town Clemens, where churchgoers believed that Satan himself was living down the street from them. This is exactly what Pazuzu wanted, and he began to draw a crowd. Those who had become outcasts, mostly hard drug users, began to flock to Pazuzu almost as their leader. He attracted many women, but two of them he referred to as his quote-unquote fiancés, Amber Birch and Crystal Matlock. How did he attract many women when he hadn't showered in over a year, didn't brush his teeth, and had nasty dreadlocks? That's a real man's musk. Pazuzu turned his house into the place for these women and outcasts to gather, a place where you could go to do literally anything you wanted. Music constantly blasted in the home, partygoers were allowed to spray-paint the walls, Garbage cans were non-existent. People threw their empty beer cans on the floor. One friend of Pazuzu's described how if people were too fucked up to find the bathroom, they would just pull down their pants and shit in the corner of the room, never to be cleaned up. This uh, was actually the inspiration for that uh, scene of Jesse Pinkman's house in Breaking Bad. Possibly, yeah. He also had, I think, six dogs that just went wherever they wanted. So the house just smelled like dog piss and every horrible thing you can imagine, really. Hmm. Can you imagine just being a big old dog and just pissing on passed out drug addicts all the time? It'd be a good life for a dog. Yeah, until one of those passed out drug addicts wakes up and can't find the bathroom and takes a shit in your dog bed. The house was also covered in any sort of demonic decoration he could find. People could literally smell the house before the front door ever opened, and Pazuzu didn't care. What makes this even worse is that Cynthia, his mother, lived in the house. Her room was messy, but not in a state comparable to a landfill. For whatever reason, she let Pazuzu and any of his friends destroy the house and simply turned a blind eye. Was she, like, bedridden and old and didn't know what was going on downstairs? No, she was perfectly fine. She got up and went to work every day. I found some places that say that she, like, lived there part-time, but it was mostly Pazuzu's house, and some places said that she also lived there, so I'm not 100% sure. Vice um, released the body cam footage, basically, of them going through the house, if you actually want to see. And there's, like, a huge difference between her room and the entirety of the house. So her room was not not clean, but it wasn't destroyed. 
It wasn't like something you'd see on Hoarders, no. Pazuzu's first arrest came in May of 2010 when police were called to the home after he put his mother Cynthia in a chokehold. Charges were dropped when his mother declined to prosecute. In October of 2010, Pazuzu was charged with accessory after the fact for lying to police and letting a murder suspect stay at his home. The victim of the murder was Joseph Chandler, whose body was found on a boat ramp in neighboring Yadkin County. Pazuzu was seen by a psychiatrist, who diagnosed him with schizophrenia, agoraphobia, and alcoholism, but deemed him competent to stand trial. Not long after his conviction, he was released on probation. In 2011, Pazuzu was sentenced to a year probation for assaulting an unknown female victim. That same year, Amber Birch was given a year probation after hitting and trying to choke Cynthia. Why is everyone trying to choke out his mom? I have no idea. Probably suggests they cleaned the dog shit out of the living room or something. <laughs> like, I'm not even trying to like really push you guys or anything, but maybe clean up that one corner where the dog shits every day. During this time, there were rumors swirling around Pazuzu's friend group that he and Amber Birch had killed someone in the basement. Multiple anonymous callers reported these rumors, and police went to Pazuzu's home two or three times. For whatever reason, they never actually looked around or entered the backyard where callers had claimed there were bodies buried. Did they check the basement? I don't think they ever went inside. I think, I honestly think they were so fucking disgusted by this house that they just refused to go inside until they had to. Should've just got it condemned. Yeah, kick everybody out and then level it. And hopefully, Pazuzu's just in there still. In October of 2014, another anonymous report coming from one of Pazuzu's best friends finally convinced police that they should take a look around the property. At first glance, there was garbage and animal bodies littering the backyard. When they started to dig, though, they found two bodies. They belonged to Joshua Wetzler and Tommy Welch. Joshua found himself in a friendship with Pazuzu after his property was foreclosed on and his wife and child moved away from him. And he just was like, yeah, I'm going to go find the scariest dude out there and be his friend. This was, I mean, his house was kind of where if you were broke and down on your luck and addicted to drugs, this is where you would go. You would just, like, basically wake up and find yourself there one day. It was one of those houses. Nice. I think the kids call it a trap house. Yeah, it was definitely a trap house. You get trapped in the trap house. That's not a trap house. This is a flop house. There's a difference. Is there? Yeah, it traps where you work. Rory's much more hip than us. Joshua's wife kept in touch, but he disappeared sometime in June 2009, and she did not report him missing for seven months, assuming he was fine. Joshua was on parole at the time of his disappearance, but his parole officer didn't report him missing either, even after finding his abandoned car with the keys still inside shortly after his disappearance. Is it possible that nobody really liked Joshua? It's possible. I mean, his wife was in the Vice documentary, and she seemed, like, genuinely upset, and she didn't report him missing because she thought that he had gotten in trouble with the law and was just, like, gone into hiding, basically. And she had no idea that her his parole officer had reported him missing, too, or not done so, but knew he was not around. This is why we need communication. They all thought he was just an absconder and that he was going to show up someday. Fuck it, let him run. It's unclear how Tommy Welch got involved with Pazuzu, but it's assumed that he was like most outcasts in Clemens and just found himself drawn to the home. No one knows exactly when the murders took place, but we know it was sometime in 2009, five years before police finally searched the property. This is all pretty recent then, technically. Kinda, yeah. But I mean, this is... 
a horribly scary person that has a shithole house, and now he's also gotten away with murder for five years. This is why you just got to be as gross as possible so the rest of the world wants to stay away from you. Apparently. Amber Birch was arrested alongside Pazuzu. It's assumed that both men were killed shortly after their disappearances, Joshua in June 2009 and Tommy in October 2009. From the Viceland docuseries, friends of Pazuzu claim to have heard him discussing keeping Joshua locked in his basement alive for several days before he was eventually shot and killed. Some also alleged hearing Pazuzu talking about cannibalizing one of his victims. Tommy Welch was supposedly shot and killed by Amber Birch at the direction of Pazuzu. Because he was so well-known for his outrageous stories and strange behavior, many who overheard discussion about the murders just assumed Pazuzu was bullshitting to seem cooler. After Pazuzu and Amber were arrested and both charged with first-degree murder and accessory, Crystal Matlock, Pazuzu's other fiancé, was charged with accessory after the fact, accused of helping burying one of the men in the backyard. I've noticed from some of these stories that we do that whenever someone's trying to look cooler by talking about murder... They usually did the murder. Yeah, if someone, like, jokes to you about killing someone multiple times, they definitely killed someone. Yeah, and if they, like, joke about the person, like, yeah, they're the murderers. While awaiting trial, the home Pazuzu and his mother Cynthia shared was condemned and foreclosed on. In 2015, it was demolished as neighbors sat outside and cheered. In May of 2015, Pazuzu was transferred to a different jail on a safekeeping order that alleged he had attempted suicide multiple times. Was he all depressed and suicidal being locked away without his stinky groupies? Despite this order, Pazuzu was found dead in his cell on October 28, 2015. While police have kept the details of his death almost a complete secret, we do know that he died of massive blood loss from a cut artery in his arm. Many assume that Pazuzu used his sharpened teeth to cut himself. Every item in his cell was accounted for, and he was unable to keep any sort of sharp instruments due to being on suicide watch. Couldn't they tell from, like, the cuts if he had chewed his own arm open? I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I know the autopsy report was released, but I think it was just, like, a regular cut. I don't think it was just, like, he bit down. Maybe he grew out a fingernail for a while and was sharpening it. You know, that's really the best shiv ever. The best prison shiv ever is just to grow out and sharpen a fingernail. And then you have to do finger workouts every day, obviously, so that that finger is strong enough to stay straight. On March 9, 2017, Amber Birch pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, armed robbery, and accessory after the fact. She was sentenced to a minimum of 30 years. It also became known during Amber's trial that Cynthia, Pazuzu's mother, was in the home at the time of one of the men's deaths. Apparently, if I'm remembering correctly, she had heard the gunshots but continued to get ready for work and eventually left, not saying a word. That's how you gotta deal with it when you gotta be to work on time. You just gotta, they'll deal with that. That'll be taken care of. Not my chair, not my problem. Crystal Matlock pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact and was sentenced to three to four years on June 5th, 2017. Since his death, many have questioned whether Joshua and Tommy were Pazuzu's only victims, claiming that he confessed to many more murders. Questions about his suicide, and whether it was a suicide at all, have also arisen. All in all, most residents of Clemens are just happy he and the evil that seem to follow him are finally gone. Fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck this guy.
So any idea what the motivation was behind the killings? I literally think he just did it because it fit his persona. Yeah, you can't be a truly scary motherfucker unless you've got a few kills under your belt. Maybe even make a belt out of skin. Because I don't think there was really anything that anyone could have ever done to him to make him mad enough to the point that he would kill them. I see. Because you could literally walk in his house and shit on the floor and smash his TV and then turn around and leave and he wouldn't care, so... I want to know who made him mad enough to get those fucking tattoos that he got on his face. That's You gotta be pissed off when you get those. Yeah, At but yourself, I guess, technically. I think he just wanted to be super Satanist, scary guy, and so murder is like one way to up the ante. Murder is pretty scary, I would say. And he did seem to accomplish what he wanted. Everyone thought he was a freaky motherfucker, and they were scared of him. Did he just kill himself because he was sad stuck in there? There's, like, hardly any information on his suicide. I have no idea Hmm. if He could speculate. If he did it to be edgy, because that that seems like it would also fit his persona. Like, oh, I've murdered other people. I'll just murder myself now. Hey, you know, save the taxpayers the dollars. But it also could have been untreated mental illness because I don't think they were treating him for anything. But it was untreated for, what, most of his life. So I think at that point it would have already taken a hold way back when. It was definitely free rampant in his uh, state of mind, I'd say. He's pretty out there, dude. That's one way to describe him, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, he looks like an alien man. Is that going to do it for us this week, Kitty? Yep, this one was short because I had finals all week, so. Oh, it's an itty-bitty little short bonus episode for you, so to speak. I'm sure they'll love it. But all right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to send us an email at fourcornerscrimecast at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R cornerscrimecast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fourcornerscrimecast, on Instagram at fourcornerscrimecast, on Twitter at fourcornerscast, and at fourcornerscrimecast.tumblr.com. And don't forget to give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. And head over to our website, fourcornerscrimecast.com, where you can get a full episode list, or you can send us some ideas for an episode you might want to hear, or you can... Enter your name into a box for a drawing for a free sticker, and you'll win every time. I guarantee it. So don't get freaky face tattoos. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Adios, motherfuckers. Ooh, I heard the Christians were think that Biden's the Antichrist today, too. That's pretty cool.